Welcome to the Endurance Path Podcast with me, Steve Hamlin. This whole Endurance Path thing started with me writing about some of my own race experiences after getting myself off the couch and, and back in shape. Over time, my race reports became more and more detailed to the point that I realized other folks were using my reports to plan for their own races. So I launched the Endurance Path Podcast with some audio of my own race reports, but have started bringing guests on the show to share some of the many inspiring stories that are out there and just have some great general discussion. I'll be kicking out my own race reports whenever I do race, but I'll also keep bringing on the guests. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, this is a short one, folks. Uh, moves a little slow at times, but uh, I dive into the Solstice Chase race, the venue, uh, a little bit about my race. But uh, in general, if you're interested in the Solstice Chase fat bike race or fat bike racing in general, have a listen. Uh, good times. I love I love fat bike racing. It's just the, the big, fun, competitive group rides, uh, whether you're ready for it or not. Uh, you just get out there, have fun, and uh, embrace the snowy single track rutted up uh trail conditions and that's what it's all about just getting out in the winter time having a good time uh riding with a bunch of people the camaraderie before and after the race and uh just just having fun having some fun in the winter uh enjoy all right this is the solstice chase fat bike race report it uh it was good getting back to some racing Again, and it was the kickoff of the Great Lakes Fat Bike Series, uh, home course for me. And you know, actually, I wasn't sure if I was going to actually end up racing or not. Um, I had just recently, literally like two weeks prior to the race, um, taken on part ownership of Cyclova XC Bike, Ski, and Run Shop, which actually runs the Solstice Chase race. So I wasn't sure... Um, if I was going to be able to race or be tied up, uh, working during the race or what was going to be going on. However, we have an awesome crew, great volunteers. And then also Steve Clark, who is our event director for Cyclova XC had everything completely under control and I was able to jump in the race. So I was out there early in the morning, finishing up some last minute course markings and then, uh, Obviously, they're late doing some cleanup, but it was awesome to get out there and race. And uh, even though this probably goes for everybody that was out there, not necessarily like the peak race fitness season, but it's just awesome getting out there. And and uh, it had a great turnout. It was, uh, I think it was like 170 some people, um, 150 some, 170 some people actually finished the long race. So it was great. But um Anyways, the venue. So I'll, I'll drop through a few different things here. Talk about the venue, the course, and some some various things. So the venue venue is awesome for a fat bike race. Uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm a little biased with this because it's home course, hometown, and in um, uh, my shop actually is it runs the race. But one of the big things with fat bike racing is having a warm place before and after the race, and all that kind of stuff. And we had that covered. The uh, big thanks to the St. Croix Falls Fire Department. They opened up the hall. They actually pulled a couple of trucks out of it, gave us a ton of space uh, right there at the start-finish area. And then Trap Rock Brewing Company, who isn't actually open yet, um, actually opened the doors of the building that they're working on so we could have that to uh, do the swag giveaway. And they even passed out some free samples. Uh, That was pretty awesome. Um, 
The course was on the Wooly Bike Club trails. The uh, It's actually, so I think it's a good course for uh, fat bike racing. I actually think it's a great course for fat bike racing uh, because about every mile or so, you actually have some wide path that you can get out on. Now, snow conditions were a little tough because it's still early in the season. Things hadn't had time to set up. Uh, it was groomed the day before, but then we got a couple inches of snow overnight. So it was a little soft and it got rutted up pretty fast. However, you know, every mile you dump out on some wider path and you do have better chances to pass versus being pure single track. Um, you know, of course the other alternative is racing on all wide ski path type trails, but then you do lose that, um, single track kind of, uh, fat bike type of racing. So, uh, you got a little bit of both here. And so I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, you still get to race on single track, but you still have opportunities to pass every once in a while. Course elevation, both my, uh, training peaks and Strava counts showed a little over 1100 feet of elevation gain over the 13 and a half miles. So it's a far from flat course. It's not necessarily ridiculous elevation for a mountain bike course. However, when it comes to fat bike racing, that pretty much makes the race for, you know, very little flat, lots of little ups and downs, punchy climbs, that kind of thing. And, uh, especially later in the race, as traffic hit the course, the hills get a little rutted up, making it for some pretty tough conditions. Um, speaking of course conditions, so as I mentioned, the woolly trails are usually groomed. They, they were actually groomed the day before we got a little bit of, bit of, uh, snow overnight, which, uh, you know, softened things up. Low tire pressure was definitely your friend. I, uh, I don't have any idea what mine were at. I never checked them. I should have checked them when I was done to see, but bottom line, I would have went softer on my tires. Uh, I had let some air out to, you know, had a fairly significant squat in the front, uh, in the sidewall of the front tire and a little bit more air in the rear. Um, but like the rail trail, uh, the bike pads and wider sections, they, they actually got pretty rutted up. So you ended up with them. In fact, they were so, it was kind of, it was soft enough that it was hard to actually reach down and grab, grab a water bottle. Um, and I, I kind of wrote in my race report that, you know, by the second lap, it was like riding a, you know, uh, twisty skinny for six miles. Cause you just had this like six inch wide path that was getting rutted in. So, but that's fat bike racing. And as I mentioned in my race report, we embrace it and enjoy it. My bike setup. Uh, I actually raced a bike that I had just finished building the night before and it had never seen single track. Uh, it had like a mile on it. Um, I did a little lap around my backyard, uh, late that night and, uh, the night before. And then early that morning, I rode it up to the Gandhi to Gandhi dancer to finish some course markings and that's it. So never really fit myself up on anything. I finished putting it together the night before, but it was a, uh, custom, uh, built, uh, Trek Farley, uh, carbon, uh, with some, the uh, Bontrager Carbon Wampa 27 and a half wheels, pretty much a similar, very similar build to a Farley 9.8 for the most part. But uh, anyways, the uh, 
the race on to the race. So the, the, uh, I'll call it the prologue. So the long race had two laps, but there was kind of a, a rollout. And then we went through big Oak before we actually officially hit our first lap. So there's, you know, the laps were six miles. So it's about a mile and a half before you actually officially started the first lap, but here it goes. Um, so I, I didn't actually, so I didn't get a great place in the lineup, but I don't know. A lot of times it, it doesn't necessarily matter like a ton. Uh, I guess it can a little bit. You got to put some effort in at the beginning, but I was about five or six rows back. So probably about 40 places back when we left the start shoot. Um, I, I did kind of take off hard and tried to work my way up toward the front. When we hit the ski trails, they were the snowmobile trail. It was really, really soft. And a lot of people were having to dab or washing out. Um, I was able to stay in the pedals through most of it and work my way up through it. There was a really soft climb going up to the Gandy Dancer Trail. And I could see the leaders in front of me. Uh, there was quite a few folks, even up toward the front, that were having to hike that climb up to the Gandy. And uh, I managed to stay on the pedals and made it up the whole climb. Uh, and then ripping down the Gandy. And I think I entered Big Oak in probably seventh or eighth position. Um, so Big Oak is some pretty tight switchbacks. Uh, at the beginning, there's a few more scattered throughout the rest of the section. It's fairly flat for most of it. Uh, and from start to finish, it actually loses elevation. You actually kind of work your way down toward the bottom of it and kind of halfway back up a little bit and then back down again. There's not, but it's, it feels mostly, mostly flat and mostly, uh, you know, downhill, uh, for the most of it. I had a really good ride through the section. My, my bike handling was, was good and, and on par for being on a, on a new bike that I did get to hit single track with. Um, I had, uh, the, 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 the single track was, uh, I could tell in that first lap that it was, it was hard to, t I guess it was hard to say what it was going to be, but it was, uh, it was going to be tough because it had been groomed and then there was some fresh snow over the top of it. And we were starting to kind of put a center rut down through it. But, um, anyways, big Oak was cool. There was lots of crowds around and stuff because it did pass by the start finish area. And uh, a lot of folks were out there kind of cheering, cheering the race on. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hit the snowmobile trail after Big Oak, and this is this is when I realized how tough this was going to be in the opening sections. But uh, this is I, I actually went to reach my bottom, just threw in the towel on that because it was it was too soft, and I was starting to kind of wash out, and so I just figured the heck with it, and um, it was already getting rutted up from the few few folks that had been out in front of me, and I'm sure some folks were using that to to warm up on, so. I rode pretty strong through uh, Regal Regal Park. Uh, definitely had a line of riders chasing. Uh, had one in front of me as we kind of went into the trails in, in uh, Regal Park. I kind of kept approaching. Um, it was one of the, you know, you know the situation. But it was like somebody in front of you, they're, they're riding just fast enough where it doesn't quite make sense for you to be able to safely pass them, especially in fat bike racing. Um, however, you kind of feel like you're just, you keep running up on them in a turn or a hill or whatever. Um, and it just, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't flow well. So the course bypassed the rock gardens there in Regal Park. Uh, and most of Regal Park is before the rock gardens. There's a couple little up, up hills and down and, but it's, 
Um, when he, after the rock garden area, which we skipped, it's pretty flat. And then, uh, then you come out of that, you hang a right, um, up kind of like an old ski trail. And, um, that's where the guy in front of me slipped up. Um, I washed out and, and crashed, uh, trying to avoid him and getting around him. And then ended up losing a few spots to the guys behind us. Uh, and then in the process of me getting back on my bike, I think that same guy ended up back out in front of me. Um, and then, so I ended up kind of in that same situation again through Wissahickon. Finally was able to get around him. Uh, rode pretty strong through all the rest of Wissahickon. There's definitely a group chasing pretty hard behind. Um, and then in Wissahickon, if you haven't ridden there, it's just, it's a lot of short ups and downs and t- tight switchbacks. Uh, there's no climbs, but it's, in the summer, it's fun. I mean, there's a few little Rudy sections and it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a really fun section of trail. So it, uh, it dumps out on the Gandy dancer. I tried to grab my bottle again. It's half frozen up. So I ended up just slowing down cause I, I needed to, to feed and, um, kind of slowed down off to the side. And I, I got passed up by the guys behind me that were chasing and, I probably should have just stayed on the gas. And actually at the end of the day, and I wrote this in my race report. I, I should have just like downed my water bottle, like a little bit before the race. It was actually just had Coca-Cola in it is all it was. And it was an hour and a half race. Probably could have just made the whole race without feeding or anything. So, um, we hit erratic rock, had a, had a strong ride through erratic rock, made the whole climb, uh, up to the back with no, no issues or it was um trail was starting to get a little tore up but it was it was a lot worse than the second lap through but um coming out of uh, and erratic rock is really cool it's it's the newest section of the woolly bike trails it's been there for two years now though i believe but um it's kind of a you climb up when you first get into it levels out and then you're actually kind of in a gradual climb all the way to the back um and then to come back out of it, it's got a bunch of fun, flowy, twisty stuff and some berm stuff. It's a it's a really fun trail. And um, coming out of it, you dump back out in the Gandy Dancer. And then uh, I went to reach my bottle there, ended up crashing, getting going again. I washed out, half washed out again. And um, anyways, that's, that's kind of where things kind of really just started to seemed like it seemed like things started to fall apart then i started i got out of my flow and wasn't handling the bike well after that um went through uh big oak um and then uh started the second lap so but lap two so i was i was still feeling strong and then um but i was i was starting to feel twitchy on the bike though and so i don't know if this was like bike fit up. Like I mentioned, I, after I kind of put the bike together, I just, I mean, I just put the, uh, set the, set the handlebars up on at the seat and whatever. And I really never, never really took the time to, uh, completely set up. I still actually, still actually haven't. So I'm just going to ride it for a little bit the way it is and then kind of start messing with stuff, but I might need to put a different stem on it and, and, uh, drop the bars a little bit and, and whatnot. So I feel a little bit upright on it, but, um, anyways, so I washed out, 
um, myself on the old ski trail hill that's coming out of Regal Park. Uh, dropped dropped a few more places there. Uh, that was that same one where the guy had kind of went down in front of me the first lap. Um, then I really dumped a bunch of spots with a washout in Wissahickon. It was kind of like a, it's not a climb, just a little uphill. Got my front tire kind of out of the rut and off into the soft stuff. I washed out and uh, ended up laying on my side with my bike and still like clipped in pretty much and trying to drag myself off the trail as a whole line of people started coming by. And it was, racing was really tight actually too. Uh, if you look at the the timing and the results, but anyways, so just when I was getting ready to get back on my bike again, like another line of riders comes by and anyways, uh, kind of by the time I got back on my bike and remounted, I, I dropped a lot of places in traffic and that's, I don't know that that happens a lot in fat bike racing. And that's just, that's just part of it. I, I, I don't know when I go into the fat bike races, I know it's, uh, it's, it's different and you go, then the mountain biking, uh, it's harder to get rolling again since you're going uphill and especially if the trail's soft and it's just, that's just all part of it. But I think it's good. It helps you work on your bike handling and all that kind of stuff too. Um, it's just something you can't, I don't know, in my opinion, you just can't take it too serious. You just get out there and having fun and it's a big, big group ride, big competitive group ride is what it is. Um, so I was back out on the Gandhi after Wissahickon on my approach to Erratic Rock. I saw Jeff Hall coming back the other way. Because uh, we had a little spot in our, uh, the Gandy Dancer where there was two-way traffic when you were heading into Radic Rock, and then the other trail was headed back into Big Oak. So when I saw Jeff Hall coming back the other way, I knew I was still doing okay in time, so I figured I was within 10 minutes or so of still the leaders. Um, maybe even maybe even closer. I know in the summertime, that's um, maybe about a seven-minute, you know, six, seven-minute loop going up Radic Rock and back down, but... Um, that first climb of erratic rock, uh, well, not the first one. You come off the Gandhi, you go up, and then you make a left. And once I made the left, it was pretty jammed up in traffic with some of the lap traffic from the short race and stuff. Um, I slid out, and then I couldn't get the gap going again. So I ended up having to hike it the rest of the way up. And uh, the rest of erratic rock went fine. Um, I came out of erratic rock, back down on the Gandhi. Had somebody in front of me. I wanted to pass him before I got into Big Oak. Now I was still f- feeling pretty strong, riding strong. And uh, like I said, just the issues with uh, handling the bike and washing out was just, that's what was my big cost, uh, which is, I think that's like the same thing with uh, many, many, many folks in, in uh, this type of racing. But I, I I mean, I passed that guy and then like the first or second switch back going into Big Oak, I ended up washing out and I had to, stand there and let him go by and a couple others. And, um, I think I even said something like serves me right or something like that when, uh, uh, let him go by, but, um, had a strong, had a strong ride through the rest of big Oak. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I was pretty depleted of energy by the time I finished, finished for sure. But, uh, by the time I made it to the finish line, I had dropped back to 39th place out of 151 finishers, uh, with a finish time of like an hour and 31 minutes. 57 seconds, which I think is about 12 minutes behind the leaders. So I guess some final thoughts on it. Um, it, it was really tight racing. Actually, you had like your front few guys that were on the podium. Um, uh, and then 
you know, a little bit of a gap there, a minute or two. And then, then it was like pretty consistent finish times, like all the way up through the field. So, um, my second lap was about three minutes slower than my first, uh, and that three minutes in that second lap, uh, literally was a difference of about 20 places. And then I'd say those other 10 places that I dropped were lost on the Gandhi dancer trail that toward the end of the first lap when, uh, reaching for my water bottle and stuff. Um, yeah, I mentioned at the top of the, the report, I'm a, a bit out of good, like race shape. I haven't been doing, been doing mostly fairly low intensity type of stuff. Um, some occasional running. That's, I think that's probably what's helped me hold some of that higher intensity cardio fitness though. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was nice to be back on the bike again. Um, pretty happy with, uh, how I raced in general, aside from, you know, not being able to handle my bike very well. Um, but I don't have any race plans for January as of right now. Uh, I don't, unless something comes up on a, for like a Sunday race, uh, my Saturdays are booked up right now with this, uh, get fit, eat right workshop series that I'm doing or partnered up with, uh, luminaries retreat in St. Croix Falls for, but I will be doing some fat bike racing and some ski racing, skate ski racing in February. So 906 polar roll for sure. I'm registered for, and then the Berkey Beaner ski race, uh, as well the weekend after the polar roll. So stay tuned for that. Look for some more race reports, uh, by the, you know, end of January or end of February by the time those come out. So, uh, at, uh, in my race report and then the show notes page for the podcast, of course, there's links to everything. And, uh, Hey, uh, hope everybody had a, uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays and, uh, happy new year. So stay tuned. It was 2018 was a good year. I'll put the, I was planning to put together kind of some wrap up stuff for 2018 and anyways, we'll go from there. I'm sorry, 2017 and then ready for a good, good 2018. Going to do some, some cool, uh, new stuff in 2018 later. Steve here again. As always, thanks for tuning in. I've created a page for each episode and links to each of those episode pages can be found at endurancepath.com backslash podcast. If you like what I'm doing here, pass it around and leave me a review in iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen through. If you want to send me some direct feedback, send an email to podcast at endurancepath.com. Also, if you know somebody that has a great story that needs to be told, send them my way. Let's get people off the couches, moving, and challenging themselves. There's a whole lot of life out there to be had. Let's keep it moving.